0: Um good morning gentlemen, ladies. Uh, I'm privileged to have been asked to give you Shrifladi today. We're going to be dealing with a complex issue in Hadoka. In order to in order to deal with this issue and to get where we want to get to, um, we're going to need to accept Certain foundational basic conditions that you're going to need to trust me on. Mm-hmm. The first thing that we need to know is mm-hmm. that according to Gomorrah and according to Aloha, mm-hmm. and this is Aloha the and there's no on this regard, and it is this just wait for everyone to sit down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, does anybody have soul sheets? Is anybody missing? You know, it was good. This is I must say. You can't say that I don't dress up for you. This is so fascinating. Well done. So, uh, there's a certain premise that we need to accept. This is a Isidore writer. It is the halacha that is pretty much airtight. And this is the following I mean, following the situation that we're in at the moment, following the 7th of October, we have hostages that are being kept and being held and kidnapped in Aza. And we pray for their safety, and we uh, yearn for their return, Shleimin the should be complete in their body and spirit, to Chetnish for the men, their families. We also dedicate the story learning to the safety of our soldiers, the Fuashleima of the injured, strength to the families, and the Choma to the families of the fallen, and to the merit of the fallen. Alright. This issue, unfortunately, has come up again and again right throughout Jewish history. At the moment, it's going to be coming up, and really sadly, uh, within the halakhic halakhic parameters, again. Um, And that is the case of a captive woman, a shavuya. That's not a hula, it's a shavuya. We're going to learn about this in a second, we'll get to the details, but in order to get to these details we need to set the following premise. According to the Torah and according to the Halacha, and this is the Pesach halakha, and this is how the Gemara and Yavonis learns it, and this is how the Shulchan Aruch rules the Halacha is that if a woman who is married has relations with another man she becomes she becomes prohibited to her husband. Now that is not the case with an anusah. An anusah means that there is a woman who has been violated against her will. Such a woman is permitted to a husband. However, if a husband is a Kohen, according to the straightforward understanding of the Halakha, that is also not the case then she becomes prohibited to her husband, Ezekiel. The case that we're going to be looking at, and that's basically uh, where we're sort of coming into it, we're going to be looking at a huge area in Halacha, we're going to be looking at the area of a chabusha, a Shvuyah, a captive woman. That's a woman who's taken against her will, and is being held against her will. What's the din, what is her status, once she's free? And you'll see that this is a really sort of complicated issue, but there is a further complication that I'm going to introduce. But in order to get there, we need to follow the following understanding. So source number one is the Gemara tubot The Gemara tubot sets out in the Mishnah, HaYishash Nechvesha Bidei Goim, a woman who is taken captive by non-Jews. And that refers to, certainly... Uh, violent, aggressive non-friendly, evil meaning uh, 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 nations of the world that surround us. And that wasn't always the case in Eretz Yisrael. We're talking about a case where there were Jewish communities across the world where this would happen on a regular basis. If it's Ali Adey Mamon in other words, if she was being held ransom in order to extract money from her husband Motele Bala, once she's released she can return to her husband, there's no issue. But if there is a threat that they're going to kill her, then, uh, once she's released, she's prohibited to her husband. The Gemara asks the following question, and what's the reason behind this? The reason behind this is, because then, the chances are that there's been a Bila, that she's had relations with her captors, possibly even Merazot, possibly since the situation is she wants to save her life, or there's no situation which is going back to her husband, the assumption is therefore that she becomes prohibited to her husband. Here's the question in the Gemara: the son of said in the name of This is only the case. It's only the case when the Jewish people have authority, have power over the nations of the world. But, but when there is a situation and that's been a situation almost throughout history since Chuban Cheney, when the nations of the world have authority over the Jewish people Even if she's being held ransom uh, then she is also prohibited to her husband. Now what I've brought here is two opinions, Rashi and the Rambam. There's a machloket between Rashi and the Rambam how this would apply to uh, in practical application. Um, perhaps what we'll do is we'll skip to source number four just because to save time and that's the stuff already in the Shulchan Aruch in this regard. The Shulchan Aruch, based on the machloket between the Rambam and Rashi and Tosfot in this case. Rules the following, and there's a machloket between the ruling of the Rama and the Shulchan and I want you to understand nuances. This is just an introduction to the issue. <laughs> a woman who is taken captive by uh, by non-Jews. <laughs> And she's being held ransom in order to extract monies from the husband. She's permissible even if her husband is a kohen. Now why is that important? That's important because the said, and we're going to see this a little bit later on, when the case is, the case of a nenesset this is the premise that we said, a woman who is violated against her will, if her husband is a the Bepashtus, in the straightforward understanding of the halacha, she's also prohibited to her husband if the husband is a kohed. It's only if the husband is a Yisroel that a nenesset is not her, she's permissible to the husband. Which creates, of course, can create tragic circumstances. And we're in a situation now where the situation is tragic. But this is not the first time that we've been facing tragic circumstances of such. Continuous says the Lamahago, the Dafka that this is only Sheikhayavimlain Shiwuli Gaba Penya Fsidu Mikisa. This is only when she's being held ransom, and if she's violated, then She's considered like good. and if she's violated, it's like they're damaging the goods, and therefore she'll be worth less money to them. But even if, says the Ramah, if she has been taken captive, even in a situation of ransom, that they don't care whether or not, or what her situation, what her condition is when she's returned to her husband. Then she's prohibited when she's returned to her husband if the husband is a kohen. Al yedena fashot. Mm-hmm. Continuing shulchan aruch, we're just going beyond those brackets. Everyone with me still? Al Yidaina fashot. If she is being held and there is a threat to kill her, then she's prohibited. If the if her husband is a kohen. La accordingly Mayaba kohen. Accordingly, if her husband is a okay, she becomes prohibited to him. Now, once we understand this, and there are some nuances in the Gemara and in the Halakha that the Shukhan continues with, and that all goes back to the following premise. There is a syndrome called the Stockholm Syndrome. There was a... Uh, there was a, uh, uh, this before my time, but uh, in, in the United States there was a kidnapping with a young girl called Patsy, does anybody know her name? Uh, her, her grandfather was a very wealthy owner of newspapers. She was kidnapped and it, it occupied the news, you know, the, 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 it occupied the news for months, for weeks. And after a few weeks, there was a bank house by the, I think it was called the Symbionese Army, Revolutionary Army or something, they like that, her. And uh, she was seen holding machine gun in the bank. It was Patty Hurst, Patty that's the name. And she was an article of some very, very wealthy... And the argument was that she became; she was initially taken against her will. But there is something called the Stockholm syndrome, where the victim sort of becomes a part of the world or of the life or of the of of, of the of the of the, of the uh, perpetrator of the hostage taker. What's the idea behind this? It's a whole psychological theory, but that's not the point. The point of halacha is that if. Somebody is a kabusha, they're being held against their will, and they feel that their lives are in danger. It could be that what they will do under such circumstances is anything, in order to prevent their loss of life. And that would include having some kind of relationship with their captors. Now the question is going to be is that considered an effort? Is that considered a violation or not? In the pashtas, the straightforward understanding of our locha, that's not even though it's not, you know, it's not in, sh- in strict terms uh, done willingly, but it's not considered an incest, And therefore should certainly be prohibited to a husband if he's a kohen, if she's then released. Uh, and possibly even to a husband if he's a so. Mm-hmm. Because a Yisroel husband whose wife mm. has, uh, uh, has some kind of relationship which is extramarital, if it's not honest, it will be prohibited. Now the reason I'm sharing this with you is, you're thinking, ah, Rav Chai, very nice, oh, it's a very complicated situation, we have women who are being held hostage, married women who are being held hostage, possibly some of their husbands are Kohadi, how is that relevant? Now the truth is, I must say the following, I am not uh, a major postdoc. I am not g'dol ador, and this is something that the G'dol ador amongst them, the Rishon Tzion, and other major poskim will be Hashem dealing with in the, the as they are released, and we pray for their release in the <laughs> upcoming uh, days and months uh, uh, as soon as possible, bezalachem. But what I want to do is I want to raise a phenomenal halachic peladik. You know, is amazing, an amazing. Maise that occurred in the world of Aloha. In the 15th century before Martin Luther even came onto the scene there was a quasi-revolution against uh, the Catholic Church led by somebody called Hussia he was eventually burnt at the stake but he had a lot of followers and it took place around the Austrian Hungarian Empire, that area. Romania. And there were a lot of, there were a lot of battles and, 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 and there were wars fought over this. The Jews were accused of supporting the Hussites. Now the Archduke of Vienna his name was Albert V was a fanatic he was brought up as a fanatic and he gives an order to and, and, and it seems that it was instigated by or blamed on a Jew taking, taking some kind of uh, loan or, I, I'm not quite sure but he orders two things First of all, eventually he banishes all the Jews from his kingdom. But he takes all the women and children of the Jewish community against their will, including married women, and places them as hostages with Christian families across Vienna. And they're held against their will. With the idea that they'll convert Christianity I mean, it's, a, it's called the Gzerot, the 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 decree, the Vien- the Viennese decrees, the Austrike, the Austrian decrees. Takes place in the year 1421, 1422. Two hundred Jews burn themselves to death, burn themselves to death, rather than to convert Christianity. It was a terrible, terrible occasion. Occurrence, terrible. The challenge was, that always happens. That always happens. It's just, sound effect. Just the challenge was, guys, the challenge was that these women were eventually released and returned to their husbands. What's their status? Okay? Everyone with me? These women are released and returned to their husbands. What's their status? Whether the husband is a Yisrael or a Kohen. So, if you turn to source number five, source number five is Trumata Deshen. Trumata Deshen is one of the Dolea Poskim, one of the great Poskim we It also appears, by the way, in the Marie, which came afterwards, and this caused. A huge amount of writing and, and trying to understand how this works. Something amazing and out of the box, something completely out of the box happens in this circumstance. Look at this. I've, and what I've done is I've just taken an extract from Chumatadesha. Says Tumata Desha the following Hene behold, I have written what I found in the writings of Iska Yonim and in the early writings of the Shuvota Kadmonim. That has to do with this issue. Uh, a famous issue that took place, by Volonté al la our many sins, when they caught us and the Gzerat and the decrees of Osnay that took place on the 10th day of Sivan in the year 1241, uh, 1240 to 1241, uh, the night of Nisan. And in Tunashim there were women that were taken captive, Ychidot, and they were placed separately. Kamehame for, for a significant amount of time. Batim, and they were being held in homes. That's what happened in Azra. They, they'd, they they, they, they'd been farmed out to homes, for hostages. Ana here and there, across Vienna, the Ifridum, they were separated why? In order to convert them to Christianity. Yes, men, there were those of them, there are many sins, says Deshe, that they did convert with their husbands afterwards. There were those who did it without their husbands, who converted and became Christian without their husbands. Yes, there were those there were those who as soon as they could they returned to the faith of the truth to Yiddishka. And, and as soon as they found an opportunity to escape they did and there were those who were without their husbands for a long time and there were those who ran away and there were those who escaped and they were able to escape without having converted the ata Uvda Now listen to this. I'm on page three, two lines down. The Here is the point. This situation came, if they called before all the great sages of that generation, all the properties of the 13th century all the women were permitted. And they didn't make any distinction. whether they re- remained, whether they returned, whether they escaped or did not. By the way, the Gemara talks about women that have an opportunity to, es- to escape and don't. What's their deal? And that's what he's talking about. Even the women of Kohani were permitted. She'emir He said, it's astonishing. This is already, the Tumat Adeshen is already a hundred years old. He said, I'm astonished. They were even Matthew, the wives of Kohani. So it's not only that they were Matthew, that the G'don in the Apostle of that generation allowed the women who were being held captive in the shock Israel." Even if they had the opportunity to escape and did not do so, and even if they had converted, they were allowed to return. But even if the husbands of Kohani, they allowed them, and it was a blanket answer. says, uh, continues the Tuatadash, and I've put there three dots, and then he says the following. <laughs> I need to explain. We need to understand. What did these great sages see that they were able to be master in each and every situation? Otan These captives, the ichindi, they were being held individually, and there was no. That means there's no testimony. There's nobody else to say no. There was no. There was. There was no situation where they were violated. There wasn't. They had to rely on their own testimony. Whether they said anything or didn't say anything, how could it be? Clearly, for a, for for Israel, must be mutar if they escaped because it's honest. Honest means what? They were violated against their will. So, if the husband is a regular Israel, fine. What about a toy? He says. Continues the uh, Pumata and he says, I don't understand how it can be that they were mocking even for Kohani. Now, Pumata Deshen is really, she said to me something like this, could say the following. But Chai, this is a Shita in the Rishonim that maybe we don't pass him by. It's not true, we do. How do I know that? If you look down in the next source, source number six, this is the Dalke Moishet. The Dalke Moisha is the Rama on this halacha in the tool. the Rama has his comments on the Shulchan Aruch, but just like the Shulchan Aruch is based on what, on the base Yosef on the tool, the Rama is based on the Dalke Moishet on the tool. The Dalke Moishet on the tool asks this very question. And here he brings the Tshumata Let's look at it. Okay, so far so good? It's a Benedict thing. By the way, this Tshumata is, is is astonishing. So we have a clear aloka regarding a Shvolya that she's a Surah she's prohibited to her husband, certainly if he's a Koyim, even if she's an Anusa. But here we have a scenario which was classically, a classic scenario of Shvolya, where all the dying, all the great stages of that generation permitted all those women, even if the husbands were going on. The question is, how can that be? Okay? Why is that a question? Well, it's an Yisrael It's an explicit postdoc in the Torah. That a husband can't take her back if, under such circumstances, certainly regarding a koinan. Hang on just a second. Give, anybody who's got questions, otherwise, we won't get through. I'm concerned. We'll keep questions to the end, okay? And then write it down to me. I'll give time, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> and in the Trumata <laughs> <laughs> Deshim, that's what we learned, he extended this. He spoke about this, and he showed different ways of allowing this and the rule that comes out from what he says, if a woman is taken captive in order to convert her, and she's being tortured, and she's facing suffering and degradation, even if she's facing death danger of death which to my great sadness is the situation of our hostages now <laughs> she's permitted to her husband who is Yisro <laughs> but if her husband is a Kohen says the Ramo based on this what would you think he would say? No? No. But it doesn't say that. What does it say? Sadi A'in. What is Sadi A'in? I'm reading now source number 6. Three lines down, three words from the end. So I'm not sure. Based on this Trumat says the darkly Moshe. I'm not sure. They sure. Could be that she's muteret. Why? Because we have a writer that the mind says she was muteret. Now, now, gentlemen, go down a few lines. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Go down seven lines. Three words from the end where it says, This is now the explaining. The Shita of Tshumat HaDeshen. The Tshumat HaDeshen is recorded of the Gdolim of the Poskim of that generation. The Linila, how can it be that you can be mapped in such a thing? How can you allow it? The Eshara Gdolim Shitiru, it could be that the Poskim that allowed the wives to return to their husbands, whether they were Yisrael or Kohanim, it wasn't according to strict halachic parameters it's because there it was a great need that there is a concern for the future of the Jewish people what does that mean? here's what I think this means and this is my understanding of the dark emotion. This is how the Dalkey Moshe is explaining this, this, this uh, out-of-the-box out situation that occurred in Austria in Austria. According to the strict interpretation of Halacha, it's an Isodoraita and therefore certainly Kohanim, Kohanim would not be permitted to have their wives return to them. So according to the din, that's true. But here's the thing. This kind of occurrence and this kind of event in the Middle Ages we know it's not just the Middle Ages I can't believe that I'm saying this. But in the Middle Ages this kind of event happened on a regular basis unfortunately. Jewish women were taken by force hostages and they were held for ransom or they were held in order to convert them forcefully. If that's the case if these women were told they can't return to their husbands what do you think they'd say to themselves the next time a group of women are taken hostage might as well convert I'm going to go back to my community I'm going to be ostracized Everyone will. I, I, I won't be able to go back to my life before it's all over, what do you think the psychological ramifications would be <laughs> what would be the future ramifications that for our thing. says that I'm not explaining the rationale of the post-scheme that Jumat Deshan is quoting of the 13th century. They had no choice. They had to marry the women back to their husbands, even if they were Kohanim. Why? Because otherwise there'd be no future for Kali Stor. Every time a Jewish woman would be taken hostage, she'd convert, or she'd leave Yiddish Which leads us to understand that there are considerations that go beyond the technical application of the understanding of how the Gemara concludes. Now, whilst this is true, and we're running low on time, so I'm going to fast forward a little bit, The Nehemi Louis, on the tour, asks this question, and it's brought by the Abne Mishpat, and it's a very, very good question. The question is the following. How does that help? What he's saying, how does that help? How can it be that that assists the club? There has to be something beyond just extra halachic considerations. Even that needs to be within a framework of halakha You can't just say something if there's an Isudor writer, sometimes it doesn't matter. What about Yisurim Yareg V'al There are Yisurim Yareg V'al The Yisurim of Arayos is one of them. Sex, sexual impropriety is one of them. So it could be that they need to be extra pedantic here. How does it work? Continues the Dark Emotion, goes three lines further down. And he says the following. He says, "Nigali." Can you see that? Nigali. It's about four lines in the. It's in the middle of the paragraph. Four words from the end. The line in the middle of the paragraph. This this is what they relied on. I had because we have a halachic principle. Kol adat When you make Kiddushim, when a person gets married, you get married on the dat, on the conditions that the Rabbis set forth. Chakomin set forth. The Yeshdiyad based in, and the Basin has the power Kiddushim This is a really complicated issue. The baton has the power to retroactively nullify a kiddushi. Let me say that again. The Ramah explains this in the following rubric. It has to work in a rubric of halacha. How did they get this to work? What they did is they even went back in time and they said since the marriage to a Koyen, or to a Yisrael, was all done, based on Kiddushim that is set out by us, Chazal, the sages, the Din. We now have the authority to be mafia. We have the authority to nullify that Kiddushim retroactively. Now, before you go ahead and say, wow, that's amazing, let's do that in every scenario, we have anti-Talachic regulations, how that works according to the Rashba and according to the Lavan, and that's how we pass the Alokha and there's nobody who deviates from this there's nothing outside this rubric that's why it's so complex, that can never be done, no matter how tragic the situation is, in an individual case or even in a group case but for some reason that seems to be done here now the question of this is how does that work? Because a pnuya, listen carefully, a pnuya, a single woman who is nizaelet, who has had relations, is also considered a sual So, whilst she may be permitted to a yisrael, even after they've done this, how does it help with a khoeb? But they gave a blanket permissibility for yisraelim and kohanim. Everyone with me on the question? So, therefore, this occurrence that is recorded by Tumat Deshin in a Peladic way. Trumata Deshin is saying, I'm astonished at it. And then Amara is rationalizing and he's giving a rubric within which it's rationalized even though that rubric wouldn't necessarily help. So how did it help? Because of the shortage of time, I'm going to give the answer quickly. (coughs) This question has been dealt with unfortunately over the ages Following the Shoah, the Holocaust, it was dealt with quite a bit of women that were held in camps, who came out of camps. Arav Herzog, who was the second chief rabbi of Israel, deals with this extensively, and he records that he asked from Issa Zalman Meltzer this question. Well, this is how the letter was the, was the, is the author of Eben Ezel, He was the G'don at the time, Eben HaEzel is on the Rabbam and he explains it like this. We've got seven minutes, seven minutes, seven minutes, I'm going to try and do it really quickly and I'll take two minutes questions. According to the Rabbam, a Koyen is only prohibited from being in any suing in a marriage with an Isha'asua, with one of the women that is prohibited according to the Torah. <laughs> but, there is another kind of relationship. The Gemara in Yaboma says that there is a wife, you can have a wife, remember we talked about in some music times more than one wife. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. <laughs> right? Who is, it can only be a wife with Khupan Kidushin, with a Kubla. And that's how we passed him today, and we passed him for a very long time. In Talmudic times, there was a scenario where you could have a wife who was a plegish. A pilegish, literally in English, means a concubine. That's not what it means. A pilegish means a wife without a ketubah. But she's minuchedet law. That means she's designated for the husband. They live as husband and wife. There's just no ketubah. But all the halachas apply. Halachas of tahara, halachas of of responsibility, of care, of parnasa, of sustainability. There's just no Ketubah. Now today we prohibit this. But in Talmudic times there was such a scenario. Now the Raman holds that that's only permissible for a king. Only a king can have a pilgrimage. A regular Israel cannot have a pilgrimage. A regular Jew can't have a pilgrimage. The Ayved rules that that's not so. But the, the definition of a Pilegesh means that she's the Yuchedet law. That means she's a proper wife. Living as a husband and wife, as a Pilegesh. There's just no Ktubah. It's an issue de Rabon. According to the Rabon, it's an issue de Rabon. The Ramban also holds that. The and the Lamban, before. But the Ramban and the Raibet hold that it's an issue de Rabon. Now listen carefully. The rabbis of that age, of that time, believed that if they did not find a way to be mafia, these women to return to their husbands, not only would it be a personal tragedy, a communal tragedy, it would be a national tragedy, with the potential of creating future tragedies, where every Basi, Israel, every Jewish woman taken hostage would convert and go to Shmar, because she has no reason to come back to the Jewish community. So they had to find a way. How did they do it? They found a way. What they were telling them, this is how Rav Ertel understood it, what they were telling them was we are nullifying your marriage so that you weren't married so what were you? you had a deal of ah the rabbi doesn't hold that Okay, but the rabbi and the 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 rabbi do and therefore there's no prohibition, at least on the Doraita level, to be together other than one. Remember I told you, those of us who are in Baskim, rabbis can only find solution to rabbinical problems. Now it's a rabbinical problem. Because the issue is Rabonim and not the Doraita. Now the question is going to be, by the way, the question, there's another, there's another answer. The other answer is the Marj the Pitkei Chuva, and I brought this, this is your last source here, those of you who want to look through it, the last source on page on source 9 is the Pitkei Tshuva. The Pitkei Chuba brings the Mahjdam. The Mahjdam argues something really, really clever. The problem with it is there's too many holes in this argument, and I'll explain you what the argument is. Our question is regarding Kohanim. The Mahjdam says like this, today the status of Kohanim is a suffix, it's a doubt. We don't know who the Kohanim are, Kohani okay? Kohanim came back with Ezra Assoyfel, and they didn't know what their yichus was, how to attribute back their kahuna to the families of kahuna that served in the base of Negdash, and therefore there was a safek kahuna. Since that's one safek, since the, we don't know that she, the chabushah, that the, the shvuyah was developed, she had, she had been violated, there's a safek, a doubt whether she's been violated or not. It's a safek sfeika, and Satek Sekh of That's permitted! The problem with this is you can't really say that in that case because the Shbuya isn't a Safa. A Shbuya, Halacha, whether there is a violation or not, it has a status within Halacha that applies specifically. Now, what's the answer to this? I don't know. But there's Hashem, please God, in Hashem. We should pray that these kind of questions should never occur to us. Amen. And that that the post of our generation, led by the Lishalitsi or of Yosef and other major post will be able to find their way through this 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 maze of of horror <coughs> in a in a in a smooth way and Bezrat Hashem, all the families will be able to come back to safety with a bright future, we should wipe the tears from all our faces, because Hashem spoke. Questions? Yes. Yes. So, if there is, let's say, Stockholm Syndrome, I mean, they really have intended beforehand to do new things. Sorry? But they might not intend beforehand to do any of those things, then they do it. Even though, like, there's a the three cardinal sins that way we have to die for it's onus, it's therefore not, still not. They're not doing it. Not, so not that. And that is not let, me, let me just clarify the question. Are you asking that just because over a period of time such a person has fallen into a psychological condition known as the Stockholm Syndrome, does that mean she's no longer an NS? She's no longer... Does, does that mean she's no longer violated and she participated willingly? Or can we say... That because she's in that situation to start with, just because the psychological conditions led to what we call the Stockholm syndrome, she's still considered an NS even if, even if on the surface of things she doesn't seem to be. Is that a question? Good. Okay, it's a good question. Um, I think the in practical terms, if she's participating willingly, even even over the, even over time she's considered, she's, con- she's not considered an ennetic. I think so. Practically. But it creates all sorts of scenarios. I mean, yeah. Yes, please. Wait, what When you made it the case about the Pilegesh, is that a Kohen who wh- you were saying that, that they changed her marriage status to it was as if she was a Pilegesh. And then you said it was which made, turned it into an How, what, because 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 there's no iso, it's a very good question how does being mafkiah nullifying the kidushi retroactively turn the relationship that's going to be in the future between a chavusha and a kohen into a iso drabonon or no iso at all the way that works is because the status of the pilegesh is she's not a surah, she's not one of the prohibitions the, the Rambam records, although according to how he understands the Pasuk in the Torah, this is prohibited to occur. a koyim. A Cohen is prohibited to marry three categories of women. A pilegesh is not a, a, a woman who is a pilegish is not one of them. But she's not considered to be an isha. She's not considered to be a wife. There would be an ishud rabbanon involved. But there wouldn't be an ishud oraisan. The ishud rabbanon is not supposed to have a pilegish we're not, according to the Rambam, we're not supposed to have a philegesh, only a king is allowed a philegesh. And to since philege. she was a philegesh, there's no more, uh, there's it's no not, more, it's not, handle. it doesn't fall, it doesn't fall into the rubric of an Isudor Haifa. She's not a Halala, or a Zola, or a Goya, she doesn't fall into those categories. Alright? That's, um, yes. do we also have a control of, like, not doing things to God, so can't handle Like, if those women wouldn't have been able to handle, like, not going back to God's <laughs> after that another reason why they should be on? you mean that might be a consideration that the post scheme of that generation had, it could be that they still need to fit it into a rubric. That's not enough of a rubric to sort of hold it. This is a big, this is a big one. And this is the orator. That's the question, by the way, that's the question the Ramah asks here. By the way, the Ramah, when he passes this in Shulchan Aruch, he omits it. So in the dark Moshe, he agrees that they would be muteret to But in the Ramah, in the Shulchan Aruch, he says Tariqiyul, I'm not sure. There's a change. He's just not willing to pull the trigger. Okay, so it's it's an Isidore Yes. Yes? Retroactively, you cancel the marriage and then she becomes a Yes. But it doesn't become a Pelegash retroactively. (laughs) If you've nullified the Ibchazal Makkiah Kiddushim, then technically she becomes the, the relationship between them has to be described as a village between, between the original husband and wife yeah. but, they were, but they were married at yes. it's a time yes it's not ideal but it, yeah. but it works for a coin, otherwise right. yes since there actually was a what since there was? Since there was an actual mm-hmm. condition No, it's not a five. Why? When you get married, you say, kedat Moshevi Slev. When you say kedat Moshevi Slev, that means according to the halacha. So you're putting your hands into the ilu, into the rubric of halacha, and the bathing is able to be mafia there. Now we have a. I brought some sources here, we just, you know, I brought some sources on the page to learn a little bit about that Sugya? How does that work? The way that works is classically, is a shchid A shchid mira, somebody who is La aleinu, is, is dying. So here's the classic situation in the Gemara. A person is dying, the shchid disappears in your, uh, by the way, in, in source number uh, 7, in Gittim, Ayim, Gimel and And there, the Gemara talks about a shchid that is dying, and he has a wife, now his brother, let's say, lives very far away, he's got no children, or his brother's young. That means that the brother becomes a Yabab. Okay? She can't remarry without Ibu Mu But let's say they can't get hold of him in those days in her Khalitza, or they didn't necessarily do Khalitha, they can't get hold of the brother to do Khalitsa. Or well, he's too young to do Khalitsa, which means that she's going to be stuck. He doesn't want her to be stuck, so he issues her a get out, a get on condition. But the guess that he gives the condition is if I die from this, then you you know you then, then you'll be free. If not, now he doesn't say. But if not, then I'm nullifying the get. He leaves that out. So the Gemara says if he leaves it out, what happens? So the Gemara says, ah, it must be that if, if he die, if he gets better, then the get is bottled. The get is nullified. Why? Because it's clear that the condition of the get is on what on the fact that he's going to die. The fact that he's not died nullifies the get. The Anoka's not like that. He says, that's not. Why? Because otherwise, the whole way that this works, for various reasons, it's not going to to be... You can't make a get of nine like that. On condition. So if he hasn't said those words, that if I get better, it's nullified, the get get is still intact. How does that work? Ah, how does that work? The Gemara discusses various scenarios, Ultimately, the Gemara says the only way that can work is because Chazal has the power to be mafia, to invalidate or to undo a Kiddushin retroactively. That's the source of this halacha. It appears in a couple of other places in Shas. That's the main source. Now, the Rishonim say in Rashba, for example, pastors halacha, and it's accepted across the that you can't do this outside of the scenarios in Shasta. It's only those specific scenarios. Because otherwise, you're opening a Pandora box and everything falls to this. If you think about it. The Ravan Paschal's like that, that's not a lot of But, in a circumstance where the future of Khalid Israel is at stake, <laughs> so it could very well be that these great posts can take that into consideration. Uh, you know, what, what, what would be. Here's a, here's a classic question What was the story with Esther Malta? Esther Amalka actively goes and instigates relations with Ahash Esther Amalka, according to the Gemara, is married to Moldecha. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, as long as Ahash forces himself on her, she's an anusah. She can always return to to Moldecha. But the minute she instigates the relationship, that's it. And the Gemara says, specifically, that it's an Avera it's lishma. It's a, it's a sin for the sake of heaven. And the Roshonim discussed it at great length in practical applications. How can that possibly work? It's, I'm not going to bore you with it, but the of Biyuda in the Pitchet Shuvah, in Ebena brings this situation, and he says, that makes no sense. That's an Yisudol Say, ah, she might die. So you might die. So you might die. So he says, but when the future of Qal is in question, it's possible that it's different. That's how he concludes La of them. And I think that's very much the same here. When the future of Qal is in question, so we need to look at things maybe a little differently. It still needs to fit into our lack of rubric. The, the answer I don't know. But, I, but what I want to show you is that there's a, a complex, sophisticated system at hand that needs to be appreciated in order to understand how halacha works. Okay? Fair enough? Any further questions? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So a few legates who has uh, extramarital relations is not prohibited to her husband? No, 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 don't like that. No. Even a kurd. Good question. Which how how is it still a dermatologist? It enough, would be. Can you go back to him? Yes. yes. For, the, for the idea that the get having condition. Then wouldn't it be that the get with the condition the get would only taken once the condition is fulfilled? Like is the, is yeah, but here he didn't make that. He he said I'm divorcing you. He's a shkivlinga. He's dying. But he didn't say if I'm going to get better, then the get is nullified. But isn't it? I give this get. I thought the condition would be that. No. Oh, okay. So, so, what, so then why does not he give a normal get? Why, is that, why does why the condition? Oh, so the Roth holds. He the, that doesn't work. He needs to give a get. immediately needs to see in more or less Paschalacha. It's called the get of night. You learn, when, you, when you learn about there's a Gita, there's numerous figures that deals with Gita get, outside. Okay? Excellent. It's been wonderful, wonderful learning with you. And there's lots of great stuff Thank you.